Welcome, everybody, to Survive in Advance on the Grueling Truth Sports Network. Survive in Advance is brought to you by Replenishing Care's Path of Purity. Make sure you check out Path of Purity. And Path of Purity, Steve, did you know, is the world's only full-spectrum 50-milligram CBD tablet with a built-in two-step stage delivery system tied to how our bodies work for optimal bioavailability and absorption. Made from the ground up using specially, specially bred premium source cultivars for a superior entourage effect. What that means is this, Steve, if you take this in the morning, it actually time releases during the all, all through the day. So you have a bigger effect than you do with regular CBD. I did not know that. See, you learn something new every time you come on this show with me, don't you? Mike, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with you where I haven't learned something new. Uh, usually what a pain in the ass I was, but make sure you check out Replenishing Care and Technologies at rcandt.com. And of course, you can see pathofpurity.direct backslash replenishing care backslash. Our topic for today, is Alabama bad for college football? And not just Alabama, but just the way this is set up with just four teams. It seems like it's the same four teams all the time, Steve. Yeah, it does. I, I don't necessarily want to dump the blame on Alabama, although I'm getting sick and tired of them winning. Um, that that gets a little old after a while. I think they've won three of the first seven C, uh, CFA or CFA tournaments so far. Um, but I, I think it's the pathway that's the bigger problem than any one team here. I, I just don't think the pathway is deep enough to crown a true national champion. Well, and I think Alabama is a is a dynamic machine that's operating legitimately or not. We, we won't know. Um, I, I, nobody's accused them of anything yet, other than just being able to recruit anybody they want to. But I just think the pathway is as big a problem as anything. Yeah, and when you look at this, they talk about a college football playoff, but last year or this year, Cincinnati was nine and zero. They weren't even in consideration for it. And the fact that they're not even in consideration tells me this isn't a college football playoff. It's an invitational for certain teams from certain conferences. Right. Now, in, in seven years, Steve, the college football playoff has had 28 bursts filled by 11 teams. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's healthy for any sport. It's not good marketing. And the sport continues to be popular in spite of that. But when you look at this, I don't blame Alabama. I'm not saying Alabama's doing anything wrong. What I think you've got with, Al our, with Alabama is similar to UCLA in the 50s and 60s and into the 70s, but more impressive is it's harder to do that nowadays with more talent spread out all over the place, and it's almost impossible to do nowadays in college football. Um, yeah, I, I, but Alabama's finding a way to do it. I mean, they, what, I, I think, uh, the last three non-Heisman Trophy, uh, non-quarterback Heisman Trophy winners were all from Alabama. Is that, Am I correct there? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, two running backs and uh, the receiver that just won this year. Um, so it, it the, the 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 talent pool seems to all start at Alabama, then filter down. I I find it hard to believe that a kid would would want to be a third-string quarterback at Alabama rather than be a starter at Cincinnati. And, you know, I, 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 I just don't like the pathway. I don't think there's enough resistance to crown a true national championship. Um, and you talk about popularity declining. I mean, this was the least watched national championship game 
is since the inception of the CFA or even the BCA, for that matter. Uh, yeah, and, in the last and 20 I, years, it's the least watched, and it, it dropped by over 7 million fans from the year before. Frankly, I will tell you this. I, I'm not going to lie about it. I forgot the damn game was on. Now, I'm out here in Los Angeles, and it comes on at 5 o'clock out here, but I was waiting for bated breath to see how Ken Jennings was going to do on his first day of Jeopardy. Uh, and then I thought, oh, my God, the national championship game's on. By the time I turn it on, it's like 40 to 18 or something like that. I'm like, okay, let me go back and watch Wheel of Fortune now because this isn't going to be any fun to watch the rest of the night. I, I just don't think there's a pathway. I, well, I go back I go back to this. And we had this discussion last night, and you wanted to challenge this. The last undefeated college basketball team was Indiana in 1976, correct? Yes. Okay. And I think you you pointed this out. There were only 32 teams in the tournament at that point in time. A much less pathway. Indiana had to only win four games to win the national championship. They had to win the Mideast Regional, two games in that, and then two games. There were no playing games. There were no uh, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. I mean, there was a Sweet 16 and then a Final Four, and that was it. Now you've all of a sudden expanded the 65, 66, 17. You've created a much more difficult pathway. What have we had? We've had a multitude of more teams winning national championships than just UCLA, Indiana, or Kentucky, who were the only teams in that, that era up until that point that had multiple wins, uh, you know, in, in the national championships. So I can go Ohio State had a couple uh, when they had the Lucas and uh, Havlicek era and the Knight era that played on that team. But – then the pathway expands greatly and all of a sudden you have a, a much greater diversity of teams competing for getting to the final four. You don't have the same team winning it. You, you have not had an undefeated basketball team since 1976. And I, I would be hard pressed to say Mike, and I don't know that you could argue this legitimately that there have not been teams as good as the 76 Indiana franchise. Um, and it was a great one in 75 and 76. Uh, and the great UCLA franchises before that, that that have gone on and played. But the competition and the pathway has gotten so difficult to win that tournament. And I know because I've got a ring sitting in my trophy case. And I know how hard that pathway is. And the pathway got bigger. And it was only, I think, at 48 when we won in 1981. It was still had not gotten to where it yeah, is. Yeah, Indiana had to win five games in 76 to win it all because they played St. John's in the first round. And then you went to the regional set, but it still was one game less. Mm -hmm. um, I think the talent was much better now. And I think college basketball, the reason you don't see repeat champions or undefeated teams is because the talent is more widely distributed. There's more talent. So if you're the University of Virginia, you're going to have just as much talent as North Carolina in most cases anymore. I think the talent's much bigger. And I think with college football, I think – when we talk about playing an 18 tournament or a 16, 16 team tournament, I do think that that makes it a little bit tougher for a team to continuously win because we watched, um, you know, Jared, what are Waddle, Jalen Waddle, um, Devonte Smith, both got hurt in the championship game. If there's a couple extra games to play there, a couple guys get hurt. It evens the playing field big time and gives other teams a chance. And if you look at it, if it was an 18 tournament this year. At the time the tournament came out, they would have had to play Cincinnati. I'm not saying Cincinnati could have beat them, but we don't know. Maybe Mac Jones gets hurt. I mean, I, I think right now what you're set up for is this. If you're in the SEC and you're in the Big Ten, 
if you win those conference championships, you're going to the championship game. If you're in the Big 12, you go undefeated, you're going to the championship game. I mean, this is what it is. There's no way they're ever going to let a team like Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina or BYU into this party with it at four teams. I don't know if they'd let them in at eight teams, Steve. I bet there's a decent chance Cincinnati would have been ranked ninth if they were only taking eight. I think the way to do this is 16 teams. And, you know, Division One AA, at least that's what they used to call it, NAIA. Uh, NAIA, you've got 32 teams that make the playoffs. You know, you've got 16 yeah. in other ones. I mean, why not have 16? And if you were, and everybody always says, well, it'll hurt the kids' schooling. Most of this is when, you know, final exams are already over with. If you started playing a tournament December the 1st, played the round of 16 on the 1st, round of 8 on the 8th, round of fifth on the 15th, played a round of four. Hell, you could give them a week off and play the national championship game on January the 1st. And really, if you say it affects college bowl games, college bowl games are going to die anyways, because the fact of the matter is this, if you're not in the final four, your best players aren't going to risk getting hurt. They're not even going to play. We saw that Oklahoma against Florida, where Florida, I mean, half their team, it seemed like, wasn't playing in the game. So the bowl games are complete horse crap. But at least if you take 16, every team that deserves a chance gets a chance. Well, I mean, the bowl game themselves, uh, you know, my alma mater, Indiana University, lost to a team that was four and five. Old Miss was four and five and got in a bowl game. Didn't there used to be a rule of thumb that you couldn't have a losing record and get in a bowl game? Yeah, but now you didn't have enough teams play, you know, eight or nine <laughs> games where you can make six wins, what gets it in. And the problem well, is that, and, that and bowl then, game's perfect, Steve, because I think there's a lot to be said for this. Indiana playing Ole Miss, who's four and five, is a huge letdown for Indiana. Ole Miss playing an Indiana team ranked 11th is, you know, that's a big shot for them to take it that. Sure. They knock off a top of the top, uh, top 12 team. Well, and, you, know? you know, I wasn't trying to pick a, a favorite one way or obviously I was rooting for Indiana, obviously, but but it, it just it just bodes the fact that the, the story you're telling of the bowl games are pretty well dying out. I mean, they were scraping. Some bowl games didn't occur because they couldn't find teams to play. I mean, Army well, that, that was, was, Army was left without a bowl game. Yeah, but that was because of COVID. And then they finally got it. Well, for whatever reason. Does that tell you there's too well, many of them anyway? The problem is this. I mean, you'll play a lot of these games. You know, they play a game at Ford Field every year with like 4,000 people in the stands, and it sees sure. 60,000. I mean, nobody cares. The Bahamas Bowl, there'll be like 1,200 people there. These games are useless. They're not useless for the NCAA, though, who makes big-time bank off of it, who the people the NCAA sends out to pick these spots get huge payoffs. I mean, I know you're like – all nice warm-weather areas. Yeah, and I know you like real sports on HBO. They did something on this a few years ago, and the corruption there is mind-blowing. The corruption with the NCAA is mind-blowing. So I don't think that the NCAA cares if their best players play. I just think the NCAA wants the games played. I think it's similar to what we see with the NFL right now. They just want the product on the field so they can make the TV money. Well, do they want it on the field or they want it on t- – well, they want it on the field so they can put it on television. I don't even think they even care about the the, the attended audience anymore to a great degree. No. Not as much as they care about the television audience. No, they I'm don't. I'm sick and tired of watching bowl games where I see three plays and then eight minutes of commercials and then a punt, and then four more minutes of commercials, and then three more plays, and another eight minutes of commercials. And that's what you get, how you spread a 60-minute football game, timed football game, into a a three-and-a-half to four-hour ordeal 
on a Monday night. And I, I really, frankly, don't know how people <laughs> on the East Coast do it anymore. Because, you know, I'm out here in Los Angeles where, like I said, games are over by 8 o'clock. So we're not even missing regular TV at that point in time. Um, and it, it just – the expanse of putting a game on and the amount of money it's made off of advertising is ridiculous. I, I really didn't want to come in here and bash Alabama. I mean, they've got the best product uh, of anybody in college football, maybe too good. Maybe their product is so good it's really hurting college football. I mean, you're not even putting the game on national television anymore. It's on ESPN. Well, that is national anymore. Well, and, but not every home that has I cable. Know. You know, I mean, there are still less, probably right around 50% of the homes in the United States that don't have cable TV for whatever reason or not. Well, I, I can and tell I know you that. ESPN is a basic staple of any cable system. So it's going to be on any house that has cable is going to get ESPN. But to not, this game was always showed on ABC or Fox or somebody. Now it's not even, I mean, hell, I got to watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune while the ball game was going on on ESPN. Yeah, and I'll tell you, college football in general is bad for college football. It's not Alabama. Uh, the idea no. of the student athlete has long since been dead and buried in Power 5 schools. The idea of building sound and solid citizens through athletic competitions went with it years ago. The integrity of the institutions is rapidly being eroded by scandal after scandal. The money involved is absurd. What the coaches make is absurd. The NCAA in of itself is a joke, Steve. Uh, well, yeah, and I didn't really want to come on here and get into a bashing of the NCAA either. I, I that's just, all this is. I mean, well, it, it's what it boils down to. Unfortunately, it's what it boils down to. Um, but I, I, I think that the the way to balance this out and bring some normalcy back to college football is is to create a tougher pathway for champions to get to the championship game. I mean, what? Why is Notre Dame consistently invited to play in the in the in the in the bowl championships when I don't think they're a top four program right now? No, I, I, I love Notre Dame football. I mean, I, I grew up in Indiana watching Notre Dame play, and always a fan of the the players they uh, presented, the coaches that have coached that program for the most part. Um, but right now, I think there are other programs that are more deserving out there and to the point where Notre Dame actually had to join a conference this year, something they swore they would never do. They would yeah. always remain independent. Yeah, and Alabama, I think, is good for football. I mean, the problem is this. Oh. It's everything around it because I think that when you look at Alabama right now, there's been very few programs that had the run of success Nick Saban's had. And in this day and age, it's harder to do. I agree. Nick Saban, I think, is the greatest college football coach that ever lived. I don't even think there's a question anymore. Yeah. And by that, I mean, he is the greatest recruiter. You know, nobody mm -hmm. makes kids go to Alabama. And when everybody says, well, Alabama cheats, I'll tell you this. I don't know if they do or not, but I could guarantee you whatever they do, everybody else does too. They just do it better. And, you know, if you throw 16 teams in here and all of a sudden Alabama's playing Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati, that's what made March Madness March Madness. March Madness wasn't March Madness, really, until you got to the mid to late 70s when you started getting teams like the Penn Quakers in 1979 going to the Final Four. Indiana State that same year playing in the national championship game. Um, it, for a lesser part, they were still at a big conference, Villanova. 
But Villanova beats Georgetown. NC State beats Houston. That's what made March Madness run wild. And you may have a number one seed for 10 years win nine out of 10 games against the eighth seed. It only takes that one upset. That one upset makes the sport go through the roof. Everybody loves upsets. Everybody loves upsets. Everybody loves the Cinderella story. Remember Caddyshack? Bill Murray said that. Everybody loves the Cinderella story. There's no place for a Cinderella story here. Right now, your Cinderella story is um, Ohio State upsets Clemson. That's not a Cinderella story. I mean, that that is just not. It's two football powers going at it, and Ohio State played better on that given night. On the next given night, Clemson could win that football game just as easily as Ohio State did. Uh, you know, and, and we go back to the Cinderella story of the year we won the championship in 81. I mean, Kentucky gets picked off. Um, DePaul gets kicked, knocked off. All on the same weekend when we're down in the Midwest, and we end up playing St. Joseph's, Boston UAB. College, and UAB. I mean, we're supposed to be playing Kentucky, Wake Forest, who was good that year. Uh, DePaul's supposed to be down there. Well, and Boston it, College was supposed to be good, good that year, but St. Joe's upset them, too, so you didn't have to yeah, play them either. You didn't have to, have to play Boston College because St. Joe's upset them, and we end up playing St. Joe's for the Mideast Regional to get to the Final Four. Yeah, and the thing is this. We've seen it with teams like George Mason go to the Final Four, uh, mm-hmm. Virginia Commonwealth, Butler twice going to an NCAA championship game. That's why people love March Madness. That yeah. does not exist in college well, football. It's, it's a four-week it pathway, exist. Mike. It's a four-week pathway. You've got to circumvent. You've got to navigate it and circumvent it, and you've got to avoid the injuries. You've got to avoid the upset. Winning one game for a team like Alabama, as deep as Alabama is, I mean, Alabama can can rip apart their first two starting offensive guards, and they'll probably still have the two best second-string offensive guards are probably better than 99% of the offensive guards of any other college football team. Their backups are. So they're, they're, they don't lose anything by one injury like that unless it's to a, an absolute key, un- irreplaceable player, which I, I don't think Alabama has any of those. I don't either. That's because the I problem. Think, didn't you say their freshman coming in quarterback is supposed yeah. to already be a Heisman candidate? He already is. And yeah, there the you go. Is, I mean, they get all the guys they want. And the thing is, this yeah, that, that, is, that is telling you how great Alabama is. I just I, like to see Alabama earn it or work for it harder. They have earned it. And well, the they've earned is, it. Yes, they've earned it. Yes, that, that's fair. I like to see them work for it a little harder than they do. Well, the, the case for this year is they played an all-SEC conference, so you didn't get to play the Citadel. You didn't get to play teams like that, which they usually have two or three of every year. So, actually, their pathway this year was probably tougher than whatever it has been. But I understand what you're saying. And like I said, once again, to make college football, I mean, could you, as big as college football is right now, if you had a 16-team tournament that covered four weeks, that would blow away March Madness, I think, even, Steve. Uh, Oh, I I think it would rival it. I don't know that it would blow it away because I still think March Madness is its own religion. So to speak, I mean, I don't, people, I don't think it's as big as what it used to be, though. I think it's big. It's big. Well, now I think COVID's done that cool. damage to everything. Well, I, I even mean before that. I mean, just the. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with gambling. Why it's so huge now? I think in the late seventies, let's face it, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson saved NCAA and the NBA. They blew the college basketball tournament up, made it ten times what it ever been. I think like eighty million people watched that game that night. Mm-hmm. I mean. If, if you look up the NBA Finals, I think Game 7, 84, Magic versus Bird, 70 or 80 million people watched it. 
How many people watched LeBron in the finals this year? Like 15 million? Yeah, I don't know. I know that Wednesday night about 15 million watched uh, Indiana beat Purdue in the NIT championship. Yeah, probably not, Steve. But there's not that many people in Indiana, and that's where everybody watched from. <laughs> All right. Did you get a ring for that? For the NIT? Yeah. No, we did not. We did not get a ring for winning. What did they do? Pat you on the butt and say, good job, Steve? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's about all they did. You know, and sadly, that's back when the NIT was still a viable, pretty much a viable tournament, too. I mean, it, it was played as, as an offshoot because there weren't 70 teams that got into the NCAA at that How point. How about this? The, the thing that really stands out to me about it back then was 1976, UNC Charlotte upset Kentucky in the NIT final. 1977, Cedric Maxwell still there. They took that and ran from the NIT championship to the next year. They made the run to the Final Four where they lost at the buzzer to Marquette. And you, you can look, 1979, Indiana loses or mm -hmm. wins it all. 1981, Indiana yeah. wins it. A, 1979, Purdue lost in the NIT Final. 1980, they're in the Final, final Four. four. So yep. there, there was a lot more teams. You only had like three teams out of the Big Ten there. And the Big right. Ten was loaded back then. You had eight or nine quality teams out of the ten, really, outside of Northwestern and maybe right. Wisconsin. But, so. but that, back to college football. And, and I mean, you know, again, we, we talked about 7 million fewer viewers than the year before, a 27% drop in the ratings uh, uh, network-wise. Only 430,000 of the viewers came from ESPN2 and ESPNU. The game was shown on three channels. ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPNU. Thank God Nickelodeon didn't pick that game up. I know everybody would have gotten slimed there, too. Um, but I, it, it, the trend for the interest in watching this game anymore, because it's become such a one-sided disaster, um, and basically if you're not a fan of one of those four teams, you don't have a lot of interest in watching the game. It's not like the NCAA where you've got 65 different coalitions of fans that are and, and some teams get through and live for another weekend i mean you know that that happened to the nfl this weekend they shaved off of the 14 teams that made the playoffs they shaved over half of those teams off and half the fan base just said uh, i don't know if i care that much anymore i'm gonna go back to learning how to surf and or something or go shovel my driveway or something else you got to go do um, but when you only got four teams to start with, you shave off a significant number, and especially when it's just Alabama. I, I, like I said, I don't think you and I feel that way because I think we're pure sports fans. But I think people are just tired of seeing Alabama win for the wrong reasons. They're winning because they're a great football program, well coached, and, and they, they they have talent. I, I just think that they they need to allow more teams to play. And it's, it's getting now, it's showing up on television now that, you know, because what, what was what were the alternatives to go out and do on a Monday night? You couldn't go to a restaurant and eat, at least not in California. Uh, you couldn't do anything but sit at home and watch television. And if 27% less people are watching the national championship game, 7 million fewer viewers, what are they watching? Uh, more, more Netflix? I mean, yeah, Cobra Kai came back on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's where I was all night last night. Well, I can tell you this. And it, was, I, it was NBA game or Cobra Kai. I, I went Cobra well, you, Kai. Yeah, you go Cobra Kai because Cobra Kai is really an educational show and it teaches you about life. And anytime you can see flashbacks to Mr. Miyagi and then that crazy Vietnam vet that's in there, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. 
But I, I think this, Steve, I think that at one point I never thought they would expand this. I think if those television numbers continue to drop, you may, see to. An, you may see an expansion because yeah. to be able to make the same amount of money, they have to maybe put more games on television. If well, you know Mike, what is the downside of not expanding? I mean, what is the downside, the downside of expanding? Well, what, what, what is it? How about this? It may just be because I was younger. And maybe you can speak to this too. But in the 70s and the 80s, New Year's Day, where you'd start off, you'd watch the Cotton Bowl, then you'd watch the Granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, and then that night, the Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl are on at the same time, and maybe mm-hmm. you got two TVs next to each other. And, and one of those was for a, na- a mythical national championship. Yeah, maybe. It was voted on. Mean, sometimes you had like 1984, where BYU beat you know Michigan in the Holiday Bowl. There's where they let a smaller school win, because they went undefeated. Actually, that year, Washington should have won it. But Is that when Steve Young was quarterback? Um, actually, it was Robbie Bosco. And the thing was, Alabama goes undefeated. And in their bowl game, they are, since they're in the, what was it called, the Mountain West or whatever, they had to go play in the Holiday Bowl. So they get to play in the Holiday Bowl. They're ranked number one, and they play Michigan. Michigan was 6-5, and five and it just gotten thumped like 28-6 to six by Ohio State. They come out, and they only beat Michigan like 24-17, to 17, and they were crowned the national championships national champions, it was 84, 85. And then in the Orange Bowl a week later, the Washington Huskies smacked Oklahoma, who was really good, 28 to 17, because my buddy Joe Kelly played for that Huskies team. He's still pissed off about that because Washington would have crushed BYU that year. And when you look at it, I just remember watching the Rose Bowl in 1978 in the Sugar Bowl, New York, it was it was bigger than watching a national championship. Oh, everybody did that New Year's night. Everybody just sat around and watched football. You, you remember, as an IU fan, the dream was to watch your team play January first in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Big Ten versus Pac twelve or back then. Then. And now the problem is Indiana. You know, even if they win the Big Ten, may not play in the Rose Bowl. No, they win this year because the Rose Bowl was a designate playoff bowl. Yeah, which so maybe if they'd won the Big Ten, they wouldn't have played. Well, if they'd have beat Ohio State, maybe they would have. Maybe they'd take Ohio State's place. Maybe they played it, but it's still not the same thing. They're still not playing USC and John Robinson with Charles White running the ball and Paul McDonald playing quarterback. It's just, to me, I, I don't know as I look, because I always wanted them to have a playoff in college football. This is not a playoff. Well, they, not the way they're doing it now. It's not. If, if they go to eight teams or 16 teams, that's fine. But right now, with the final four, the way they've got it set up, I would just as soon it go back to the way it was. Yeah, let, would, the, let, the, let the polls pick. You know, yeah. You I mean, UPI poll. You had UPI coaches poll. You had AP. There was how about this? Let's not even pick a national champion because it's all conjecture then. It's all conjecture yeah. now because you're only yeah, including mythical. four teams. Yeah, you, you were the mythical national it's champion. still mythical. You only got four. When I watched the bowl games, I know Florida right. was undermanned. But, man, I watch Oklahoma, and I think maybe Oklahoma's the second-best team in the country. Now, maybe Oklahoma doesn't beat Alabama. They don't. But if you've got to play three games and one of them's Oklahoma – you're going to have a harder time if you're Alabama. I just want to see every team that deserves a chance to get a chance. Coastal Carolina was undefeated. They beat BYU, who at the time was ranked 10th or 11th. Why doesn't Coastal Carolina deserve a shot? There's no reason to tell me why they don't. This should be 16 teams, eight teams at the worst. But at 16 teams, any team that's undefeated gets in. And I that's what I want to see. You know, at the start of the year, I don't want to watch an SEC game between Alabama and Mississippi. 
but I do want to watch Michigan play Appalachian State just because I want to see the underdog get a chance. I want to say, and every year we get a handful of games where one double A teams come up and smack a Division One team like Michigan or any of those teams. That's what makes sports special. It's not somebody dominating everything. It's the chance. You know, the movie Rocky is huge. All sports movies are huge because what? They're about the underdog. There's right. no underdog here. You have no story here. All you have is four huge behemoth programs that pay their coaches five to six times more than what a good program in the AAC can pay their coach. I mean, the deck is so stacked in favor of those big five conferences that it's ridiculous. God knows how much more than the presidents of those universities make. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is this. why God knows how much the governors of those states make. How about this? Maybe you could even this out if all of a sudden you just said, well, we're going to cap the coaches at $3 million a year. Because why the hell do you need more than $3 million a year to coach football? I mean, especially you because you don't live in Los Angeles. Hey, this is the thing. Even if you live in L.A., I'm pretty sure you can live off of $3 million. Steve. Yeah, you could. Yeah. I mean, come on. You buy your house outright. Property taxes will be stupid. But still, I mean, why do we have to pay? We, we say it's about student athletes. Right. Yet we're paying a coach $11 million. And they're playing multiple coaches that much now. Hell, there's, there's coaches in college football that would never go to the NFL because they couldn't make that much money. Yeah, it's like uh, Archie Miller at Indiana makes what four and a half million dollars a year, right around that. That's he's what he's a five hundred coach. But the thing, the point is not that. The point is he makes more than that because you don't throw in the shoe deal, you don't right. throw in the TV show, you don't throw in the radio show. By the time you get done, you've damn near doubled that. While you've got kids that are scraping to buy a pizza on a Saturday night off season, yeah, and they're not well, allowed to get a job. Again, I, I, I. My beef was just looking at the numbers and looking at everything and just saying, this is not doing college football any justice by by anointing four teams uh, by some still some mythical rating system uh, that, that they they don't tell me they don't manipulate it to get where they want to get. Oh, you know uh, they, they do. Want, I mean, Iowa State and the Big 12 had two losses. One of them to Louisiana Lafayette at home by 20 points. But yet, when they won a game and they've got two losses, they jumped them over to Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm yeah. sorry. If you, watch, yeah, if you watch Cincinnati play Georgia, the Bearcats coach, Luke Fickle, blew that game. Cincinnati was physically just as good as Georgia. Cincinnati would have beat the hell out of Iowa State. And I, I can tell you another thing. I think Georgia athletically is good enough that, you know, Anybody in that final four outside of Alabama would have had their hands full beating Georgia or Cincinnati because what I saw was Alabama, who was one of the greatest teams, the greatest offenses I've ever seen, and then there was everybody else. And you can't see my bottom hand because that's how big the difference was. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think there, there needs to be an, an expansion of, of pathway to, to win the national championship in college football for it to remain – as viable as it needs to be to be on plane with the, the dance, the, you know, the, the final four. Um, I, I just think it does. I just think four teams is a joke. It's a travesty. It's no knock on Alabama whatsoever. So all the Alabama fans that'll listen to this. Eventually, oh no, Alabama has nothing to do with this at all. 
They're the greatest college football program of all time. Yeah, bar none. Now they are, despite Michigan yeah. still being the winning no, program. Michigan ain't because this. No, is but they're the winningest program of you all. You gotta time. win national championships. I don't give two shits about right. regular season games. They can't win bowl games either. It's Alabama, then it's Oklahoma, then probably Ohio State. To yeah. me, those are the three best three. Yeah, you know, I, I looked back on it, and since the 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 CFA or the BCS all came into play. The Nebraskas, the Oklahomas, all of them went by the wayside. They, well, Oklahoma they didn't go by the wayside. They've been in the Final Four a couple times okay. in the last few years. That's the one exception. Nebraska has, but this is the thing, and this is the thing about Alabama. Alabama's not bad for college football because of this. When Nick Saban leaves, they're not going to be this good anymore. Nebraska, Tom Osborne left late 90s, mm-hmm. he's never been the same. Right. It's hard to replicate that. UCLA sure. couldn't replicate it in basketball. Well, Indiana couldn't in replicate Indiana. it in basketball. Michigan yeah. couldn't replicate it after Bo Schembechler. And really, Ohio State. Well, you guys say North Carolina and Dean Smith. Well, no, because Roy Williams has won two national championships. Has he? Okay. Yeah. So, has, yeah. I, I don't think, but they haven't. But been yeah, Michael Jordan. Dominant. I mean, Duke basketball. Does anybody believe Duke basketball is going to continue to be a top five program every year once Mike Shishovsky Yeah, look at UCLA. With that, with, you know. Yeah, and I mean, UCLA was a program that was good enough. They hung around the top 20. Well, it wasn't one there. It was Sam Giacon or whatever his name was. Oh, so yeah, Sam Walton. Sam, yeah. Or, no, it was. What well, was Sam Walton knows Walmart. Sam, what was his name? The car dealer that yeah. got him all the players. But yeah, that's the one that when he decided to, to to retire, that's when UCLA took a turn for the worst. How about this? I believe the greatest college coach of all time was Nick Saban, and who would be my second choice as the greatest college coach of all Bob time? Knight. Ron Dado. Ron Dado, do not know that name. Where do I should I know that name from? USC baseball. Ron okay. Dado. They were dominant. If Bobby Sheridan's listening to the show. I know he just got really excited because he realized that I knew who Ron Dato was. Hey, way to go. Anytime we can excite Bobby Sheridan, that's a good thing. Hey, but Ron Dato was a great baseball coach. He coached 45 seasons. I think oh, God, I just realized. I got to I gotta get on Twitter here in a few minutes and listen to the greatest of all time, their only goat in the world is Tom Brady and Mike Goodpaster. Come well, on, come on, hey, Sheridan, bring this? it on. How about this? Ron Dado, from what I remember, won national championships in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. And he won, I think, 11 college World Series altogether. Um, it put a ton of guys in Major League Baseball. And he was just, he was a great coach. He was an eight-time coach of the year. And actually, he coached Anthony Munoz when Anthony Munoz played at USC. Anthony Munoz was actually a shortstop slash third baseman. Yeah, there you go. How'd you like to see that standing at third base? Uh, that's pretty Kevin. I hate much <laughs> to buy that third base line. Yeah, you don't bunt that ball. So what's the solution here? Do we just, just keep bitching about it and realize that NCAA is bigger than you and I and it's not going to change? Listen, or do we, do we, do we hope so – is there hope out there that the NCAA is going to see their ways and go – you know, we probably need to expand this a little bit and get some more parity into this thing to make this worthwhile to keep our audience intact and keep people watching. We've already gone from network television to cable television, which I agree ESPN is the, the next network that, that exists. It's just a sports Yeah, network. you know what? You're, you're getting playoff games and other sports on that now, too. I mean, sure, yeah. baseball, no. you got to have, you know, TB or TNT or TBS to be no, able to watch ESPN's become a, a nice convenience. 
Well, this is I the mean, thing. They don't care if everybody can see it. They're just going to sell out to the highest bidder, which their business, that's what they should do. Right. The and Disney home. owns ESPN. Disney and they own ABC and ESPN. So, you know, the money's always going to be there for ESPN to be able to buy and sell whatever they want to buy and sell and show as long as Disney's there. Well, and our only hope here in the end is the numbers take a hit because people get tired of it. And it's like I said, I'm not tired of seeing Alabama because New England Patriots, you know, I love them. I love watching Alabama. I don't cheer for them unless they play Ohio no, State. I don't root against any dynasty that can t do it over and over again because it's I think as hard as it was to win it the first time, I could not imagine going back and having to defend that title in 1982 if we had to, if I had was not a senior. But yeah, because I stayed healthy and, and, you know, Isaiah stayed around another year. I don't know that we wouldn't have been good enough to make a run. But it's so easy to get tripped up. And I think that with Alabama in the mix with 15 other college football teams, it's a lot easier for Alabama to get tripped up. They come out and have a bad game. You know, I, I think it is too. I also think this I think that they probably win every one of those championships still. But mm -hmm. to me, once again, I mean, if you look at March Madness, some of the most famous games, Princeton is a 16 seed losing 50 to 49 to Georgetown. And what was that, 1989? I mean, that game was famous even though the little guy didn't win. So occasionally, Alabama's going to play a team that you don't expect them to have trouble with, and that's going to generate more interest. Mm -hmm. And then you start to think, well, maybe Oklahoma can beat them. And then the next week, everybody watches to see if that happens. So I think you're just eliminating, as your favorite saying is, the Cinderella story. And the Cinderella story is college sports. Well, they've eliminated it in the football playoffs. There is no Cinderella story in the, There's college, never in been. the college football the, the closest thing you get to a Cinderella story in college football is if, you know, like when Boise State beat Oklahoma, but it's still not for a national championship. It's no. not the same thing. Right. No, I agree. All right, Steve. Tomorrow I will be back for the NFL show with Sam Teets at 1 o'clock. If you want to come on, you can, Steve. But me, What are you power Sam, ranking tomorrow? I don't know what we're talking about tomorrow. We didn't power rank anything last time, smartass. But <laughs> on Friday we'll have our divisional playoff predictions. Friday after that, we will actually have the show with Replenishing Care founder, Path of Purity, one of the guys in charge there, James Comerford, so you can check that show out. And make sure you do. And check out the Path of Purity. There's where you want to go for that. Follow Steve Risley at srisley34. You can follow me at Grueling Truth. Make sure you go sign up for Rockfin. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, thegruelingtruth.com. But for now, for Steve Risley, I'm Mike Goodpastor. You've been watching and listening to Grueling Truth where the legends speak.